what would happen? What would happen if all of a sudden the rapture took place and you were left as many would be shook up, the world would be in total chaos, some leaders will be raptured and gone away from the church, others will be sleeping in their beds as the Bible says, some will be working in the fields and they'll be gone. And all of a sudden we read in in the newspaper... A group of people in your area are gone. I believe aliens have snatched them away. Isn't that what's going to happen with some unbelievers? They're going to believe that someday, in that day when we hear the great trumpet sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and all those that remain will be caught up together with Him in the clouds, so shall we ever be with the Lord. When that takes place, where will you be? And are you ready? Just what if you heard last week and you saw with your own eyes what it's like as the pastor's preaching and everybody's filled in the congregation and within the sanctuary? Then I have to say this, that across America, many churches are suffering today only due to, for those that preach the word instead of just coming in for entertainment, That's what people are looking for. We're forgetting the Word of God. We're forgetting the Bible. But what if the great trumpet sound took place and half the church was gone? Or how about this? You're the only one that's sitting in that pew. What a pondering thought. Last week I gave you a little illustration of ready or not, here I come. Are you ready? We've played the game of hide-and-go-seek. We know what it's like. And we know what it's like when we count and all that kind of stuff. And I won't go through my pre-sermon illustration from last week, but to say that after he says, here I come. But there's also a part to that game when he says, ollie, ollie, in free. That means everybody comes back to the base. May I say to all of you, there is no ollie, ollie, in for free. I'm thankful For the blood of Jesus Christ. For the payment that was on Calvary. But it costs you your life. And as I get older, and I look every day of my life, just the obstacles that that are faced in regard to our Christian life. Listen church, we're being persecuted in every corner. Christians are so liberal, they will not stand on the foundations of the Bible. They don't believe the Word of God. They can't speak the Word of God. So in social media, everything has to be a liberal point of view because you see in America today in the generation that has come up, and I have to tell you, the 1970s generation, and we said it was the 60s era of conflict, 70s generation, you know, and 80s, here we have that... that uh, you know, I'm Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, whatever that era was, where it was Valley Girls and all that speech, and it was free. Here we are, adults now, and we don't take the Word of God serious. But here's the thing. What if you just turned on your TV 
and you saw this, watch closely. What would you do in the living room of your home if you saw this from the news media? Breaking news, we are getting last minute reports from all over the world of thousands of people that have just vanished. I repeat, thousands of people from all over the globe have disappeared. The total number of people who have disappeared has not yet been confirmed, but it is expected to be a lot higher than what was initially reported. According to authorities, the numbers are expected to be in the millions. Many flights have been cancelled because of security fears. According to reports, there have been plane crashes all over the world because some pilots simply disappeared mid-flight. Chaos has also spread to the roads where a great number of traffic accidents have been reported. Hospitals have not been able to cope with the number of patients coming in. Many parents are in complete despair as their children have also disappeared. Rumours are rife that this could be an alien attack and there are those who believe that Jesus raptured these thousands of people. Witnesses believe to have seen a bright flash followed by a huge thunderous sound and a being like a man in the clouds. Here are some images caught on CCTV cameras. The images you see now are from CCTV cameras all over the world. These images have been analysed by experts and they are genuine. CCTV footage from parks, shopping centres, parking lots, churches and traffic monitoring systems are indeed real and frightening. What has perhaps been most alarming is the report of a hospital where nurses have said in shock that all children just vanished. We are receiving images like these non-stop from all over the world. We are yet to hear from heads of state from all over the world who are in shock but have not yet released any statements. Our reporter from the US is live right now from the White House. Hello, Joe Bergson. Hi, Christina. Just like in the US, the UK, Japan and Canada, chaos has gripped the whole world with various tragic airplane accidents. But we cannot yet confirm the exact number of victims. Traffic is also at a standstill because of this phenomenon, with a record number of traffic jams. Trains are not running. The west side of Chicago, all the way to North Dakota, has no trains running at all. There have been countless 911 calls from all over the country. From Nebraska, New York, Arizona, Kansas, Florida, Ohio, Mississippi, Virginia, Texas, Washington, Utah, people are calling 911 from all over the country to the point of jamming the line. Many evangelical churches have not opened their doors today, but they have been invaded by regular members and have remained packed the whole day. Everyone is expecting some kind of statement from the government. But this is yet to happen. We'll report back with any information as it comes in. But for now, back to the studio. Our team tried to contact the leader of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God for a comment, but he also has vanished together with his whole family. Many UCKGs remained closed today because a large number of their pastors have also disappeared. Those who were around did not accept being interviewed by our team. We also tried to speak to a former UCKG pastor who had opened his own church, but he also does not want to speak to us on the current event. Members of various churches are saying that this is the rapture of the church. When asked why they also hadn't disappeared, many cried and regret not having taken Jesus more seriously before. We are closing this news bulletin here, but we'll return with more news as and when it happens. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when you stop and realize, you see, I have to say that 
talking about the rapture, the second coming of Christ, I believe that we have failed to really communicate that because it's almost like a mystery. Now, let's just stop and put this into perspective today. Do you think that when the three wise men, which were not three, there was many, but as those magi were traveling and they're like, well, it said follow a star. Isn't it amazing that people probably looked at him and said, what are you thinking? But what I found so profound, even about the video that I've thought about myself, the churches are starting to fill up. Why does 9-11 have to take place before people start to experience Christ? He's not the idol on your mantle. He's the one that lives and dwells within your heart. And we are so used to just saying, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, uh, I'll read it today because I need him today. I want to have a church that needs him every single day. I want to have a community of believers that we cry out to him and say we need him every day. Talking about are you ready or not. Last week I gave you the signs of his coming. And if you will please turn to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. I gave you signs of his coming, and I asked you the, the big question, are you ready or not? Are you ready? I mean, it, the, the, it's very simple. Where's your relationship with Jesus Christ? Where's your commitment? Where's your devotion? Where's your dedication? And yet, many of us will just hide and say, eh, it's not up to me. I'm not the one that's called. A man texted me this week. It's been such a fun week. I know it's the end times, just by the way, some people that are Christians act. And... Uh, Live, live the life of a pastor for a week. You'll have all kinds of pity for me. So any, who wants to travel with me this week? It's called Work with the Pastor Week. Any, a man says to me, I expected more from the pastor. This is a young man who is puffed up with pride. And, uh, and you know what I wrote back? I said, well, I expected more from God's child. Wait a minute. Stop for just a minute. Aren't we all God's children? Don't we all have a responsibility to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? But we're in a place right now where we just think it's somebody else's responsibility. No, it's our responsibility to spread the gospel. Talking to, to George this week, and we were, we were going over some things in regard to the cost and, and so on and so forth. And uh, if any of you guys are sitting on you know, a lot of money, you just feel free to, to help pay for this. It would be a great celebration. Anyhow, that was a plug. Where did that come from? And uh, as we were talking this week... The whole idea of, of our 10-year celebration is this. Pastor friends of mine started churches that didn't last two years, that didn't last four years, that have closed the doors after six years. And God's been merciful and gracious to us to say, we're going to keep on going. And now we're a beacon of hope and a beacon of light as, as Dave and Bob and Pat, or Ron and Pat were here this week and um, our steeple's all lit up. The crosses out front are all lit up. Brother Mike said, Pastor, it's so awesome to see that lit up from across the street. And uh, so it's a beacon of hope, isn't it? And he says, man, even the scripture says, let your light shine. May we be that example to people. But I do realize this. Troublesome times are here. And it's very, very difficult where we're at. Because you see, church is just an extracurricular activity for some. 
I'll say that again. Church is just an extracurricular activity for some. It's not a lifestyle that you live out every single day of your life. And when we, when we look at, at Mark chapter 13, I'm reminded of just the signs and the times and what all is taking place. And I know that I'm, I'm going to skip clear over to verse 33. It says, take ye heed, watch and pray for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And every man is work and commanded the porter to watch. That's the, the doorman. And then again, I ask you to put this in your Bible. Circle watch. Highlight it on your iPad. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes. And even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. You see, that's the warning. How many of you believe their church is sleeping today? How many believe that there's Christians sleeping today? It's not going to happen. How funny. that not it interesting how we've been talking about terrorism? I know my pastors talked about it back in the 80s. Be careful for they will come on our soil and there, there will be terrorists. Interesting, isn't it? But as soon as... Oh, look what just took place. The tower was just struck by a 747 jet. And, and we're all in amazement. And it's all over the news. I praise God I'm not going to be here when that great day comes. I'm going to be raptured and shot up out of here. I'm going to be like those that are disappearing on the TV. And I want to say this to you because I love you. And if you love your family, you'll tell them about Jesus Christ. You have a responsibility to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to your loved ones. So it says there to watch. Lest coming suddenly you'll find those that are sleeping. In verse 37, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Last week, I'll just hit the, hit the points that we won't go through here because I'm going to turn you over to Matthew. But the Bible said there will be false messiahs. We went over that. There will be wars and rumors of wars. We see those signs. There will be turmoil among the nations on the earth. And there will be persecution of the people of God. The Antichrist will come to power on the earth and will declare himself to be God. And he will demand to be worshipped. The earth will pass through a time of divine judgment called the Great Tribulation Period. And so we hit on that last week. We saw that there were signs that were there. We saw that they were uh, signs of his coming. They were one, they were clear signs, concluding signs. And then last we saw there were signs that were confirmed in the scriptures. And uh, he told us in John 14, let your, not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then I love this part. And I go and prepare a place for you, for where I am, there will you be also. I will come again and receive you unto myself. For where you are, I will be also. Isn't that just a great promise from the Word of God? And I just, I love that. And so I just want to, to point your attention to verse 32. We're going to look right now at the secrecy of his coming. It is a hidden time. Verse 32 says this. But of that day and of that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. So take heed and watch. Be ready, for Jesus is coming. But no one knows when that event will take place. When Jesus gave his men his prophecy, he told them that even he didn't know the hour of his own return. 
The point he is making is that it is foolish to try and set dates concerning the Lord's return. For it says, no man, not even the angels in heaven, know when Jesus Christ is coming back. You know, I have to put this in reference for you. Isn't it interesting when you have children and they're not doing something they should do? Is that you, Mom, coming down the hallway? Is that you, Dad? Better yet, when are you guys coming home? Your eyebrows shall raise. What do you mean, Willis? When am I coming home? I think this is really a sign because Jesus was telling us, I'm going to make you accountable. You see, if I told you that I was coming back, you'd never live by faith. You would never live a life of fear, of trust, of courage, of confidence. You would not surrender your life to me. For people don't do that. See, we're accountable because we know someone's going to make us accountable. Let me ask you this question. Try going to work this week, about three hours late, just sleep in. Don't call your boss and just show up at work and see what happens on that third day. For some of you goes, I know what will happen on the first day. I'm out of there. You're fired. So there's a level of accountability, right? So in relationships, even in marriages, there's a level of accountability. Now watch the correlation. What does Jesus call the church? His bride. So there has to be an accountability with the community of believers that we have in order to make sure that we're living a life that is honorable and admirable to God. See, this is where I know we've missed it. I know Joel Osteen has, I've read his books and so on and so forth, and I know he's a prosperity gospel type of guy, and I think he's really wavered out there. But in all reality, I, I do know that we all have um, a great message when it comes to preaching the word. But it's all great to say, let's live favor-minded, let's be favor-minded, so on and so forth. But here's the reality. Let's preach the word of God. We need to tell people you need to be accountable to one another. That's what the scripture says. So accountability comes with what? Coming to church. Having that network. Having that influence of people. Listening to the word of God. So that just the word of God in itself. Do you guys get convicted by his word? I do. Every day, amen. So every day we're convicted by the word of God. So now it's my responsibility to make sure that I come here, that I teach you the word of God, and that you walk away going, wow. I'm really looking at the second coming of Christ totally different. I'm looking at the rapture, the great tribulation. All of it's different. But, you know, I, I want to show you. There was a NASA uh, worker who wrote the book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. Do you guys remember that? Does anybody remember that? And uh, he predicted that Jesus would return on September 11th, 12th, or 13th. When the Lord didn't return in 1988, he wrote a new book that declared the Lord would return in 1989. He didn't come then either, did he? No one knows the time when the Lord will return. There's no point in speculating about it. But you see, here's what's happening. People are, it was a moneymaker. People live out of fear. Is somebody coming through that door? You know, at night, I've got to tell you something. I take laps through my house, make sure those doors are locked. Because the last thing I want is somebody having a flashlight in my face when I'm sleeping. I don't want any surprises like that. The only surprise I want is, bam, I'm out of here. That's the only surprise I ever want in life. I don't want no intruder coming in my house. That is not a good surprise. And so we need to prepare for his great return. While we're on the subject, let me just remind you that Jesus is talking about his second coming in these verses. He's actually talking about the second part of the second coming. 
when he'll rapture, we'll have the tribulation, and then Jesus will come back and he'll take reign and authority on this earth. Jesus is talking about the time where he will defeat his enemies and rule on this earth. Aren't you glad you're on the side of the winning team? Praise the Lord. You know, I'm going to stop right there because... um, Growing up, had it not been for our whole family, my mom's family, every one of them were lost. Nobody knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. No one. Uh, They went to a congregational church. The congregational church told them, be a do-gooder. And so as they were um, (laughs) do-gooders, had had that little New Jersey do-gooder in there, even though we're from Edinburgh, um, Tucky. Uh, But it was just about just live a life that's being good. Well, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. So right there, I'm bound for hell. Just telling you. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Well, right there, I'm bound for hell. But praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ. We can be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will not actually set foot on the earth when he comes for the first part of the second coming. But he will appear in the clouds above the earth. We call this event the great catch the great getaway. That's called the rapture. When we'll all be caught up together with him in the clouds. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 13 through 18. That's First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18. But it would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as those or others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I love verse 18. But does it say there? Comfort one another with these words. I want you to turn to the person next to you and just say, I'm encouraged you're here today. And now tell them this. I'm thankful for God's word. <laughs> and your hair dye really looks good on you. Oh, just kidding. You don't have to put that in there. And, uh, but it says to comfort one another with those words. And so when I think of this and understand that his appearing is coming, we saw it right there. Paul's preaching. And, you know, I understand that truly the, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is discouraging. I mean, think about it. Hi, um, do you know you're bound for hell? Say that to somebody. See if you're still standing there. Uh, I'm sure they look at you and go, what are you talking about? I mean, really, Jesus Christ went to the cross. And we have a responsibility to keep telling that story over and over and over. If it wasn't important, he would not have told his disciples. For this was a prophetic message to say, get ready, church. Be prepared. There's a great time coming. And and yet, I I think to myself, what will happen? 
this church will be unmanned. People will be flocking in here, busting windows, because see, what people have is a false sense of hope. They think it's the church building. It's not the church building. You're the church. You're the community of God. And so what we do is we step foot in the church. And when you're not here, there's times I pray, but yet your spirit and your love and your edification, encouragement and comfort brings that spirit. God lives and dwells within us. He says, confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. So we realize that if, if Christ is truly taking residence in and, and through your life, let that Holy Spirit really motivate each other. So I ask you this question. Are you ready? Have you told people about this second coming? Have you told people about the rapture? All you have to say is, look what it says in 1 Thessalonians. Are you ready? What are you talking about, sir? Oh, I'm just preaching the word. That's all it says here. Well, what does it mean? You have a great opportunity to share with people. You know, we, we start off the day with our woes. Some of us don't start off the day saying, thank you, God. How can I serve you today? How can I walk with you today? How can I talk with you today? How can I have a relationship with you today? I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And yet, I know I have a great responsibility. And it's so sad that when you start to watch and you start to see the signs, just how sad it is that people, they don't even see those signs around them. They don't even understand that the Lord's coming back. Have you heard about rumors of wars? Are there wars going on? Are there earthquakes going on and tsunamis? It's all in the Word. I mean, it's all taking place. Prophecy is being fulfilled for the same great reason that there's persecution happening in the church right now. And it's going to happen even more in the days ahead. Are you standing firm on this foundation? I know I go back to the Bible, but you can't stand on this church. You can't stand on me as a pastor. You can't stand on your group leader or whatever it is. You can't lean on your husband and think that's going to get you your right place, you know, uh, kneeling at the feet of Jesus. Only you and him know. That's where that relationship starts. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Fifteen, fifty-one. I'm going to go. To, I'm going to go to fifty. Now, this I say, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God; neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Go, go over to 58, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in what? In the Lord. Isn't that a great promise? In the twinkling of an eye, bam! You know, you try to watch people when they, when they blink, but you can't see their eye twinkle. I'm not talking about you guys when you look into your wife's eye and she's got those twinkles for you. Okay, just threw that in there for you. 
listen closely. In the rapture, Jesus will return in the clouds above the earth. And he will call his redeemed people unto him. Every saint of God who has died in faith in Christ will be with him when he comes. He will raise their bodies from the grave, reunite body and spirit, and take both home to heaven. Every living child of God will be caught up in the air to be with Jesus. These sinful bodies will become like his glorified body. All the saved people from the resurrection to the rapture will leave this world in the rapture. I'm ready to take flight. Are you ready? And like the second coming, there will be no signs and they will precede the rapture. One minute the people of God will be here and the next minute they will be with Jesus in heaven. And we won't have to say there's a phenomenon going on. We won't even be here to watch the news. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful. But it says in a twinkling of an eye, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You're out working in the field. You're at your office. And you're tempted. And yet you see the guy that's across from you and you've developed this this friendship. Yet you're tempted to sin. You're tempted to be a bad example. That guy's watching you. That woman's watching you. They want to know that you're for real. And see, that's really what Jesus was saying to the disciples. When he was talking about the second coming, he's like, listen, guys, you need to know that there's only one hope. You must preach the gospel. That's why Paul preached salvation. Isn't it amazing? The reason why people listened to Paul was in his transformation. He was a guy who persecuted Christians and ended up being persecuted. Now, that's a great transformation, isn't it? I mean, people really said, wow, Jesus is for real. Because it was never about Paul. It was never about Saul. It was never about his, his life. It was all about him. See, that's the church. Until we realize this is not our church, this is not our ministry, we're a part of the great big puzzle piece. When you put it out on the table, where do you link in? Where are you at? How do you fit into place to bring forth this beautiful picture, the church. And so as we prepare our hearts for his, his coming, knowing that we do not know when he's going to come, but we have a great story. Why do, why do churches go out of their way? Why do I go out of my way? We go out of our way for birthday parties for our family. We go out of our way for anniversary services. We all post happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I love you, happy birthday. I'm glad you're 99 years old on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you're Twittering or instant Snapchatting and all that other stuff. But we never show excitement when it comes to the church. We never show excitement. And so we go out of our way to show people that we believe in a Christ that's coming. We believe in him because we love you. Why are we going to do everything outside for our anniversary service? Because I want our community to know what's going on in here can go on out there. The people that Jesus is as real here as he is out there. That we can have fun around the world. And around his altar. Just because you're a Christian. People say wow. You are a charismatic individual. Pastor Todd. I didn't think preachers acted like that. Because they have a stereotype. I know. I should have this part with my greased hair. Clear over. 
my polyester pants and polyester shirt and my checkered tie. So I fit that stereotype because, see, that's what the world thinks of us. They don't think of us as one that have a message of hope. See, because we don't believe it ourselves. That's why we buy the books, it says in 1988. How many of you have seen the tabloids inquire? You're standing there at Walmart or wherever you're at in a store and you look over and there's a picture of Jesus. He's coming next week. I saw that last year. I'm like, oh, he is? Okay, nobody's buying your inquirer. We know it's junk anyhow. But you see those tabloids all over the place. Because, see, the world's always there for their own self-motivation, gratification, advancement. I need to make money on this article. See, we don't have to make money on the Word of God. That's what's, that's what's precious about His Word. It's a heavenly time. The only one who knows the timing of the Lord's coming is one who planned His coming. God knows when these events will take place. He knows it because he planned it. The precise instance when Jesus will return to this wonderful earth. And God has the best kept secret. You won't see it on the TV. You won't be able to see it on tabloids. We need to believe that Jesus Christ is the one who knows. Only God the Father knows. So the question you need to answer in your heart today is, are you ready? Are you ready for his great appearing? Turn to Matthew 24, if you would, please. Matthew 24. I read out of Mark 13 last week, but I want to read out of Matthew 24 because, again, we're looking at the Gospels. We're looking at what was was divine inspiration, and then we'll close with that. Verse 24, verse 1, I mean, chapter 24, verse 1 of Matthew. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? which shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. When it's talking about the temple, the reason why there's so much emphasis on the temple and the reason why he goes to the Mount of Olives is because the Mount of Olives is sat over and it was on the east side so you could look down and you could actually see the temple. You could view it. And because in the Jewish uh, religion, there's such an emphasis on the temple that he said there will not be even one stone standing. Because what he was truly giving, a picture of the Father. You know, there's, we as human beings put idols in place of our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I, I really do believe now, how many of you believe some of these cell phones become idols? We can't go sit on the toilet without our cell phone. Freaks me out. Please don't FaceTime when you're on the toilet. The Lord might come. Rapture you right out of there. All be left with your clothes. We don't want that. Put aside those idols. And that's what he's saying here. Putting aside those idols. And Jesus has a great story. Watch this. And Jesus answered in verse 4. And said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. That, that is 
profound to me. It's amazing. All these things shall come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then he continues. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and diverse places and various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You will be hated because you are a child of God. How is that possible, pastor? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. There's no hope in anything else but in the message of Jesus. And yet we'll be hated. How sad. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Verse 9, they shall deliver you up. Okay, I'm at verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. I'm just going to say this because I'm going to throw this in there. The reason why we're, we're rising up against each other. Do you know churches are doing that now? Uh, here, here's what's amazing to me. If I can't get along with the Methodist church up the street and the Episcopal church up the street and the First Congregational church up the street, what's that telling the people across the street? See, Satan knows what he's doing. So what we've done is we've allowed the Supreme Court and we've just adjusted to whatever's going on in our world. But this is why it says that people will hate you because of your stand, because of of the decisions you make for Jesus Christ. Trust me, it's very hard. It's hard to take a stand with another Christian. It is. Do right, they'll hate you. I'm serious. This week I was reading such ridiculous viewpoints on Facebook and liberal viewpoints. I'm just sick by it. It makes me want to vomit. Because I look at it like this. Start standing on the word. I don't get on there and debate nothing. But the reality is this. I'm not arguing with the word of God. I know what the word says. It is truth. It is light. It is life. And if you believe this word, then you'll get out there and you'll start telling people who Jesus Christ is. That he's not in a grave, for he is risen and he is alive. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Wow. Verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he shall endure unto the end, and the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Abomination causes disgust. That's the word, or hate. That's the word abomination. The word desolation actually means like devastation or grief or loneliness. Where they get that from is it's actually referenced... Um, back in Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 we won't go there as well but chapter 11 as I was studying it on the abomination of desolation the reason why they were struck and there was destruction is Daniel was saying all you people keep bowing down to idols and you're forgetting what's going on here so the Lord starts to destroy people start grieving there's loneliness there's heartache and that's what's happening I'm, I'm telling you I, I think in, in some respects, I know there's hope in, in the wonderful message of Jesus at the foot of the cross, but it's sad uh, living a life like a, a Christian. I thought it would be exciting and fun, and I've seen some great things take place. I have a couple of God stories even this week I could share what God has done. But it's great to see that he is in control. Well, it says there in verse 15, it was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. 
Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time known or ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Talking about the tribulation. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. And so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Isn't that amazing? Things will take place that even, I always say the elect is chosen ones. Elect are people in positions. That people that are saying, I'm a Christian, will even believe in those signs. They'll be so, uh, their, their mind will be deceived and manipulated by that. Verse 25, Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the where? East. And shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And we're, we're winding down here. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branches yet... Tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I send you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. But heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Hallelujah. And then it, it's the great doxology and the conclusion of verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be two in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Watch. You can circle that here in Matthew 24. Therefore, for you know not the hour your Lord has come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in, the, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. I know it was a year and a half ago, we're sitting at our dining room table, and I said to, to my, my kids, things are changing in this world. And as the father of this home, I have to tell you, be prepared. Be ready. Persecution is here. Our life in Christ is important. But we're going to serve him 
until he comes home or until he calls us home. We are challenged to work in Ephesians 2, James 2.18, and I won't go into that, and we are challenged to weigh it out. So in closing, I ask you this question. If the rapture were to take place today, would you go up to meet Jesus in the clouds? Or would you stay behind to face the Antichrist and the tribulation? Will the second coming of Jesus be a blessing to you, or will the day, or will that be the day of your doom? And if you miss the rapture, and if you happen to survive the wrath of God, the hatred of the Antichrist, and the horrors of the tribulation, and if you are alive when Jesus returns as king, and it will not be a good day for you, since you rejected him in the day of grace, he will reject you in the day of judgment. He will not come as your Savior, but He will come as your judge. The only hope you have is to come to Jesus today and be saved by the grace of God. And if you reject Him, you will not receive Him then. If you reject Him now, you will not receive Him then. Listen, lost friend. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. And I advise you to be ready. Now, child of God, are you ready for his coming? If Jesus were to return today, would he find you faithfully serving him and carrying out his will in this world? Or would he find you skating around the edges, holding hands, playing in this world? I challenge every believer in this room to look at yourself and your walk with the Lord in the light of His coming. Do you want Him to come while you are living the life you are living right now? What a pondering thought. It's so serious for me Because I realize that in our life, some of us are not ready. And in your game of hide-and-go-seek, be very careful. Because you cannot hide. You cannot run. But are you ready? Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know where a message such as this finds you today. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and you would like to be saved, I invite you to come to Him today and be saved. If you are saved but the Lord has shown you that you are not ready for His return, come to Him and get that right today. And then last, if He has spoken to you on any level, please come to Him right now. And do what He would have you to do. It's so important. Are you ready? Are you watching? Are you working? the master is at the door Father God we thank you we love you we thank you for your word thank you for the hope that we have in you thank you for this church thank you for this community of believers that has come here today to hear from the great gospels the message that you gave to your disciples yet is relevant for the church today are we ready Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
Be with those that couldn't make it today. For whatever reason. May in their quiet times, may they just enjoy the fellowship that they have with you. Thank you, Lord. Get our hearts right with you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.